We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's postgame Blazers lose in more spectacular fashion than probably people anticipated. 132-112 to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks put seven players in double figures. Nobody really got loose from a Monster Night perspective. Uh, Luka did have a 15-15-10 triple-double, which... Decent. Uh, stat padding. Come on. He shouldn't have been playing. He should not have played in there minutes. to get a rebound. He did stay in there. Um, and Kimmy says, so much for Norm's minutes restriction. That's weird. How about on a back-to-back night uh, <laughs> for a minutes restriction, all of a sudden uh, ends up playing 36 minutes. So, yeah, if you uh, if you caught what well, you're picking up when I was putting down there before, that uh, it's kind of what makes sense. But again, welcome in. Thank you all. Appreciate you very, very much. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all of the things. Uh, if you were new here, welcome. If you were returning, also welcome. If you can do us all a favor, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. It's free. It helps us grow. We're on our way to 2,500 subscribers. We are less than 100 away. That is all because of you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you who hopped onto the parlay tonight, you're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. If you want, you can take that and spend two ninety nine and become a member. <laughs> or just give us all the money. I mean, whatever works well, for I'm you. I'm not greedy. You know Sprague's I mean? greedy, okay? So... <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm joking. Keep your money, please. Um, it was a uh, a fun be- a fun gambling, fun belly night uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Not so much of a fun night in the fourth quarter. They got uh, kind of run out of the gym and then not. If you look at the quarter by quarter breakdown, Brandon, the Mavericks scored 40, 28, 30, 34. Outside of that first quarter, it was okay, but it felt like the Blazers kept closing the gap, closing the gap, closing the gap, and what ended up happening was seven-point game, four-point game, six-point game. They opened it up, and they just they just took care of business. And between the first time the Blazers and Mavericks played, when they didn't mm-hmm. have Luka, and now the Portland Trailblazers do not, did not add anybody to the roster that could handle either Kristaps Porzingis or Luka Doncic, and it showed. Or Brunson, or Green, uh, or Powell, KP... I mean, you name it, Dallas. Look, Dallas is just a really bad matchup anyway. They're long. They're athletic. They can fill it up from three or four different spots. We talked about this in the pregame. This is about what we expected. Yeah. I'll give Portland a lot of credit. C.J. Ellaby, 
Ben McLemore had a few moments there. Watford. Very the, the, Watford. The, bench, the bench guys, I thought, played amicably tonight. And had a good night. Like, mm-hmm. for the most part, they fought. And they cut it to, what, what's close? They got that four or five points. Yeah, they did get it to, to four or five. Uh, it was, what do you say? It was 81-76. Yeah, and it was over. And then that. it was 98-80. 80. The yeah. next time we looked up, it was like, oh, that game's over. But, I mean, they, they they fought hard. They didn't, you know, just roll over and, and take another beating immediately. They they pushed back. Dallas went up big early, and they were the fight back in it. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a couple more things here. But, uh, for the most part, it's kind of what we expected. Not really surprising seeing the final outcome. All right, Brandon. I'm going to do the uh, – I should make this a part of the show going forward on any okay. loss. Okay. I'm going to run one. Uno. You know what? Let me see if I can do this. Okay. Let me let me add a screen capture. Yes, yes, yes. Add source. Yes. Okay. Okay. And there we go. Okay. So everybody can see it who's watching right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You can't see it, Brandon. No. But I will let everybody else. I have got Tankathon up. I will want. I will run one sim. Okay. Ninth. Uh, the Blazers actually lost two spots. <sighs> Where are they at? They went from ninth to eleventh when I ran the sim. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you win six of ten. Tends not to help you. Unfortunate night. Unfortunate night. Well, look, I, I, we we know that we can play the tankathon game for the next three months. This team's only going to end up getting worse. So we can play the game again on a post game one night, and I'm sure it'll you know come up Portland with the six or better pick. Yeah, I just I, I was like, you know what? I can I can make this a part of this. I can make this happen. Let's have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, the Blazers have lost back to back games. Uh, to teams that are better than them, shockingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's a little bit of fool's gold on that trip in that Washington was a disaster. Boston doesn't know who they are. The Toronto game was okay, but I actually went back and looked at Toronto's schedule. They were gassed coming into that game. Now, it's still a win. Win's a win over, over a team that you probably should struggle against, but I thought that was a little, it was a little bit less impressive when I went back and looked at it. I was like, ah, okay. But four and two on a trip, you'll take that every time. They come home, reality kind of hits them in the face. Oh, and two on a back to back. They're getting ready to go on a four game stretch. We will talk about here um, after this, but just as a point of reference, the Blazers now 20 and 28. Let me go ahead and refresh the page so I can see the actual standings that are correct. Portland is in has they they have the ninth worst record in the league right now. They are eleven and a half games back of Orlando, but only two and a half games back of sixth place, mm. Sacramento. Okay, and Sacramento's by the way not faring very well. Harrison Barnes. Holy wow! Shit, they lost yeah. by a combined eighty plus points over the last two nights. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the situation needs to be blown up. It's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> Doug in my shoe says, do you have a sad trombone sound? You know what? I need to go back and add uh, my sounds back because I blew everything out because I think I only have like the DJ air horn and some stuff that will immediately get me thrown off of YouTube or demonetized because it's um, Bruce Buffer. Yeah, uh, don't do that. Don't but do I, that. I do have the the, the, the yipes sound. I, I yeah. will definitely get a sad trombone thrown on there. So, 
Uh, I am, I'm not going to take away from anything that the, that the Blazers already had happened to them with the 4-2 road trip. They did go 0-2 here uh, at home. And the Minnesota game, while close and competitive, this was not, Brandon. And no. on every level tonight, the Mavericks just kind of housed them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I, I mean... Again, Luca plays. That's a huge difference. They they did it with Cub out with Nas out. I, I who were we expecting to defend him? Norm. That was an awful matchup. Here's the thing that's a, that was interesting about this. I can't remember the last time I saw the playmaking concentrated between two players before. Luca had 15 assists. Jalen Brunson had 11. Yeah. When was the last time you like? When was the last time you were seeing two players on the same team have double digit assists? Probably LeBron and Kyrie in a finals game. <laughs> like, legitimately. Like, yeah, it's that been a minute. It doesn't happen because those guys are primary ball handlers. Um, they have a bunch of play enders. Uh, like I said, the the Mavs put seven guys in double figures tonight. Finney Smith, 11. Uh, Maxi 12. KP, 22. Uh, Brunson, 20. Luka, only 15 on 11 shots. 15 for Reggie Bullock. He got loose from the three-point line. Dwight Powell, I think, uh, he had 15 points. He had missed one free throw. He had five, He was 5 of 5. I believe he was 8 of 8 when the Blazers played last time. I don't think he's mm-hmm. missed a shot against the Blazers this year. Yeah. Um, they continue to... I don't want this to turn into an anti-Nurkish thing because it's just an anti... Um, team construction... For, for like what they were versus what they need to be. What was the thing that I complained about probably the most tonight during the watch party? Uh, the lobs. Verticality. 
Yeah. The Blazers do not have an answer for it on either end. Now, they no. ran one lob for Anthony Simons, which, good. Good on you. Let's see more of that action. They actually mm-hmm. decoyed it. CJ gave the ball up to Ant. They loaded up to Ant. Ant gave it up, and they used a little bit of off-ball off, off ball action uh, to find Ant for the lob. But other than that, uh, not a vertical threat to be found. Uh, yeah. The Dallas Mavericks, Brandon, they have a lot of them. Chris mm-hmm. Porzingis, I think he missed two lobs, maybe three. Had a couple of little bunnies that he smoked. Uh, Dwight Powell finished. Maxi finished. Uh, pretty much anything they threw up. I, if I go back and watch it, they probably threw ten lobs completed. Probably seven of ten. Seven of ten. If I'm going off the top of my head, it's just easy points. And if you got a, if you have a playmaker, and you don't even have Luca. Like Jalen threw some lobs too, and it it is a problem for Portland because most teams have a vertical threat. The Blazers just don't have that on the roster. Well, who was their last one? Like, yeah, legitimately, that was in your, like, Like, you could say DJ, but he wasn't in the rotation last year. They didn't, and not only that, they didn't use him like that. No, Um, no. LaMarcus was probably the last one. They did, they did, used to run the rollout on the post up. Remember, he would throw the hand up and then spin out. That was probably the last time they, like, had a consistent lob threat. So what I'm what I'm noticing doing these conversations on on pre and post game shows every game, Danny, what I notice about it is that these continue to be, oh, it's another thing Neil never addressed. You know, it's it's another hole and a flaw in the roster building of what they are right now. So, you know, you bring this up and I'm I'm kind of sitting here like, I mean, it's Watford, it's Nurkic. It's a hope and a prayer. And they they just. When you got already guys injured on what is a bad team, the odds are you're going to get worse. And you're talking about a major uh, hole in that roster in terms of what they've never, I mean, they haven't had it since LA left. So Dallas, they did this last time they played. I think KP had six dunks, three dunks, Mm -hmm. whatever it was um, to see him get that many lobs again, especially in the second half. Dear Lord. And it wasn't like on any kind of like decoyed action. It was straight pick and roll. They were sending Nurk above the free throw line, yep. trying to blitz Luca, who probably is the best pinpoint passer in the league. Like when you send two at him, yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, okay, cool, easy money." Just throwing it over the top, over and over and over and over again. How coming like, in? Here you go. <laughs> that's the other thing is like you had Ant, you had Norm. Like those are the guys that are tagging in on the corner, literally giving up a foot to Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, that's a lot. Eduardo says Greg Brown's still the best dunk. I, I agree. Greg Brown. Actually, no. Ant's well, love dunk was the best, best finish. I, I, I would throw that in there, though. Like, for what we're talking about, why would you not be playing Greg Brown? Why are you playing Tony Snell? <laughs> we did get first quarter Greg Brown minutes. Yeah, but we didn't really get second and third. No. We got garbage time Greg Brown minutes. Again, if you're going to play him in the first, don't you think it's it better serves you to play him a little in the second, a little in the third, and a little in the fourth versus – thought Here you go. maybe if you're going to run a zone defense, you kind of let him not necessarily be a rim protector, but be an athlete who's like maybe competitive on a lob. Let him be Ed Reed. Like, let him roam and try to make a play on a ball. I, I mean, if you're going to send two at Luka and let him... Here's the difference. Not to get, like, incredibly technical, but you do not want to consistently send two defenders at Luka Doncic when he can see you. Right. He's six foot seven, six foot eight. For anybody who didn't see this at the end of the game. Luca came up to Nurk and gave him a Balkan boy hug. 
Luka's not much smaller than Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he's a massive dude with just hawk vision. And if he can see you coming, because there was a couple different times where I like I'm, I don't want to stand up and do it because it's hard for me to actually. Right, right, stand. right, right. But like where they were like trying to like motion behind the defender, like, hey, no, come up with me, come up with me. Luca sees that and he's like, "Oh, you're coming up and you're you're lifting above the free throw line. You're bringing the entire defense up. Yep. So instead of having somebody below the free throw line to be able to tag, be able to help, you have normal one corner and another, and you're making them be the tag guys. And there's this massive amount of space that they have to cover. Right. Well, you're letting one of the best passers in the entire league pick you apart because you're running the same basic coverage over and over again." Instead of mixing it up, instead of making Luca be a guy that he doesn't want to be some nights, which is the volume shooter. If you're letting a guy just sit there and carve you for 15 assists, he's going to do it. He's got that in his head. What also doesn't help that you have certain players that play big minutes that don't give effort on defense, Danny. Which, that's how you get that's how you get cotton lob situations because you end up having to help step up. Guess what? Step up, guys. Yeah. Right, wide open, waiting for the one-handed lob. Let's let's get into the good stuff first, okay. Before we we um, come back and and drop a little bit of a hammer, Anthony Simons big time bounce back night, big time bounce back night. Says all the right things. Understands that what he you know the the things he had to cover up for um, last night. The the straight line drive from from D'Lo, uh, yeah. The the rush shot at the you know at the at the buzzer, just the defense coming at him, all the things he has to learn on the fly. He comes out tonight and he's down the pecking order behind CJ behind norm. Uh, those guys jacked up shots, 16 for, for CJ 17 for norm. Yeah. Uh, Ant finished with 14 uh, at halftime. I believe he had four, four, uh, four or five. I think he had, he had five. He had one more shot than Watford at halftime. Whatever I that think was. He, I thought he had five. Okay. Uh, finishes with 14, which I want to see him getting basically nine shots a half kind of a deal. 18 is kind of the number that I want him to get to. Uh, four or seven, 23.7 assists, two rebounds. Uh, I thought he had two turnovers tonight that were learning issues. Uh, he had the one where he, uh, the pick and roll kind of threw it to a, to Yusuf Nurkic where I was like, uh, little, little too ambitious, but he also had a beautiful pass in the first quarter where he drew the yeah. entire defense and found Tony Snell for a layup. Uh, all in all, great game from from Ant. Uh, I thought that that was just a, a, nice, a nice bounce back, and these are the kind of things you look for 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 Anthony Simons, right? Like we know kind of who he can be, what he can be, but even more than that, on those nights when he has a bad night, how does he how does he respond? That's what we're asking. That's the question we're asking this season. How does he respond in situations? Oh, I thought I thought he showed a lot of mental toughness because I, I think the young guys it can be easy to be dragged down with performances and and missing big moment shots and whatnot. I thought what he said in the post game yesterday was really good. Uh, you mentioned it kind of owning the end of that game and then losing that. But I also loved watching what he was able to do tonight. Like you have to remember what he finished 23 points or 20, 23, 23. He finishes 23 points. You could easily say, well, I mean, it's Sprague. It's 23 points. I get it. I, under I totally understand that. But if you look at the context of how the game unfolded, he had CJ not sharing the ball. He had Norman Powell looking to make up for the shots he didn't get in that last game. Like you kind of fall under in the pecking order of things when you shouldn't, but he ends up doing that. So to still get 23 and not even like 
you know, kind of a, an even uh, 23. It's like the first half, it was just largely kind of quiet. Mm. And then the second half, he, he gave it to them when they needed it. And just unfortunate for him, it's a bad matchup. So you're getting your ass kicked. But um, I, I just think that's that's part of the growth we continue to highlight is how Anthony Simons, Nas, when he can play and he's not injured, how do you respond to those bad moments? And I thought what I saw tonight was a dude that looked pretty confident in the way Dallas was defending him. And I thought he created a, a decent amount of looks for guys. And some of those just didn't go down. So, you know, 23 and what he finished with six assists, seven, seven assists. He could have had nine, 23 and nine would have been an amazing number. 23 and seven is still a really good number for a 22. He came in uh, to the Minnesota game, 25 and seven. Yes. Obviously that falls off a little bit. It's closer to 23 and seven, but follows it up with 23 and seven tonight. Right. at his average. Yeah. 23 and seven is a good number. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a That's good... higher than I thought he'd be. Listen, 23 and seven on nine of 14 from the field, four or seven from three, two rebounds, three turnovers is a little much uh, from what I want to see. The, the one pushback is, is one of one at the free throw line as Norman Powell made 12 trips to the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, tonight, Ant did a much better job on twos. Uh, he took and made only two. What was he? Two of nine, I think, against uh, Minnesota uh, tonight. Again, four of seven from three, nine of 14 from the field. So that means let's do some math. Five of seven from two-point range. Mm-hmm. That's a much, much better night. Again, I would have. There was the one where he got tied up by Brunson where I thought he could have gotten free throws there if he had been yeah. a little bit more aggressive with the move. But um, overall, I thought it was a great night. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about another good night. Yusuf Nurkic had an okay night, uh, 18, six and three, seven, 11 efficiency was much better. Um, defensively, I didn't think the impact was there just because he was pulled no. away from the rim so much by KP. I mean, it's, it, that's, that's a tough matchup because KP stretches him out. He caught him a couple times that up fake, put the ball on the floor, took him to the cup. Uh, you're talking about seven, three guy against Nurkic and yes, Nurkic outweighs him, but. When you're as skilled as KP, I think you can have those moments. The defensive thing, like, I'm not going to really go in on the defensive stuff. Again, they had they legitimately had dudes out there not putting in effort defensively. Nurkic can be a good defender. We know this. You're not going to put effort in. You're, you're just making life miserable for everybody else. And Nurkic is no different from that. So not his best game, but a, a solid game for what Yusuf Nurkic uh, tends to give us. And yes, defensively wasn't perfect, but again, he had quite a few possessions where it felt like a certain player's guy was getting right past him, leading for a little help, which led to, again, what did we just talk about? Lob passes. Let's get to the certain player's guy. Okay, let's do it. CJ McCollum, McCollum finished with 8 of 16, 4 of 10 from 3. Yep. 20 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Pretty sterling box score. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, but I think it's mis- it's 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 misconceiving. Twitter and the uh, watch party chat and uh, my comments, <laughs> I think would uh, <laughs> this was a night where CJ was making shots and it was covering up for sins, as yeah. opposed to I thought on the road trip, it looked like each game he played, like he started to understand a little bit of the differences. And tonight, he reverted a little bit back to, it's CJ time. Yes. Uh, Norm went from, like, trying to fit into, like, the idea of, 
I don't know when I'm gonna get this thing back, so I'm gonna y- yank this thing out. Like I'm gonna pull it up, and that's why you see him jacking up shots. And I thought it was selfish. It was yeah. selfish basketball. Like you, you took you taking the flow out from your team. If all you're caring about is, am I gonna get another shot? I gotta get my shot now. I have the ball. If that's a priority for you in it in the game, and when you're this kind of team, that's a huge red flag to me. And I'm not singling out just Norm. Like, number three is 10 years into this thing, mm-hmm. you know, fringe all-star player. Some people in the city still don't want to trade him. And you're you're still operating under the assumption that, like, you should be getting all these shots. And I, I, you know, I, I guess I, I can't really blame him that much either because he's also probably going to get traded. He's a short-timer and he knows. So it's like, why not get as many buckets here in Portland as I can? But still, like when you're watching it, you can just feel how off Angsty. the rhythm gets. Yeah, and it's – I say CJ was hitting shots tonight. Not to say – he had a good game. Like he was in his bag. He was scoring on one, two, three guys at a time. But here's the problem. He didn't need to. Like he didn't need to do that. He, he's got other guys around him. And they weren't winning this game. If I told you that Portland shot 51-37, do you think they lose a game by 20? The offense wasn't the issue. Nope. CJ being deep in his bag and just dancing, trying to get... like There were times tonight where multiple times, at least three or four, when I just went, no, 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 and hit the shot, and it wasn't, uh, oh, okay, fine, yes. It was, I don't care. That's bad basketball. Right, right. Like, the process more than anything right now means more than the results, particularly mm-hmm. for a guy that is going to be gone. Let's just say it flat out. CJ's not going to be on this team next season. So I'm just out of sight, out of mind. And when I see that he's just consistently breaking that process, it's very, it's very frustrating. Uh, particularly when you've, you've got other guys that even maybe short timers that are, that have bought in. Like I think Cove before he kind of took these knocks uh, the other day was starting to kind of buy into things a little mm-hmm. bit more. I think Nurk was trying to buy into things a little bit more. Um, not perfect by any means, but I think that's been the case. Um, well, I mean, part of that Danny though is, we've seen them buy in because we've seen them play better. Mm-hmm. And I get, I, I, you know, I know CJ was out for quite some time and he's still relatively, you know, new and back, but it's, it's, we talked about this several times, man, when you don't have Damon CJ out there, it's not to suggest either one are, aren't great. It's not to suggest they're better off without him. They're not, that would be foolish. But I think when you're out that long and you're kind of player that gets a lot of shots, those shots were available for a lot of guys and they started to get those looks and started to get those shots. They started feeling better about themselves in their current situation. You get better effort. You get a little better communication. Like there's, again, this is what I'm talking about. His offense was fine tonight. Wasn't spectacular. Wasn't bad, but defensively is where I think they get hurt because you're watching a guy take shots away from other players. And then on the other end, be like, can I get a little help? And, and that's however you feel about any of these dudes, like that's got to suck. 
that that can't it feel wears. great to have yeah. that yes it wears on you absolutely so i don't want to belabor this point because it seems like we have to do this every game since he's come back save two um yeah. and it's it's frustrating um, and I don't want to get stuck on that because there was some okay stuff to talk about tonight, and I want to make sure I give the guys some love. Uh, Trenton Watford, uh, C.J. Ellaby, Ben McLemore. Uh, McLemore was a minus 17 tonight. Watford was a minus 14, but I just don't Oof. give a damn yeah. because I liked what I saw from Watford more often than not. Finished with 8-5-2. and two. Um, Got out on the break, really pushed the pace, made really good decisions in the short roll, Tried to play big, like he's playing small ball five. He, yeah, which he's too short to be playing right now for him to number one, he's not that great of a vertical athlete, but more than that, he's not that big. And I'm not talking about height, like you can play small ball center if you're a tank, like you you can just eat guys up because they like they, they don't want to deal with you, right? Nobody wants to run into Reggie Evans in the paint, <laughs> like. You know what I mean? like Reggie Evans, that's a throwback name right okay. there. You remember? All-time Sonic great. Just a truck of a human being. Just built. Ground-bound as could be. Kendrick Perkins. Ground-bound as could be. Not Think with two Phyllis. C's, man. But you know what they did? They ate up a truckload of space, and they could knock people around. They didn't have yeah. all of the verticality and the explosiveness and, and height and size. If Watford gets a grown-ass man's body where he can just kind of... He doesn't have to get that much bigger, but just get strong, you know, strong with a K, strong. Just get that country strength where you can knock dudes around. Um, then I think he could do that, but he's just not there yet. Yeah. But with the stuff that he can do, his his IQ and his feel for the game is very good. But you saw tonight for both him and C.J. Ellaby... A little bit of skill catching up to it. Mm-hmm. CJ Ellaby had uh, a three where I was like, no, no, no. Oh, that's a good look. That's a good look. Okay, that's a good look. You're shooting relatively well. Go ahead and keep taking that. Yeah. He caught it in the exact same spot defense like three possessions later. Gave that lefty fake. One dribble pull up. Gets to the paint. Kick out. Wide open three. Didn't go yep. down, but yep. process, process, process. I'm like, that's right, right. process. That's making the right decisions. And you're seeing both those guys, and then Ellaby, give him his props. What a chase down block. What a chase down block. Sprints down the court, Ant bodies him up. Ellaby, two-footed, straight up, boom. Two-hand swat. Didn't give up on the play. And that's what I think you're getting from both of those guys, is that you're getting the effort, but more than that, you're getting the, the skill catching up to the effort. Because there's plenty of guys in the league who have effort. But you have to have... The skill and the, and the and the ability to kind of follow up behind it, that's that's ultimately where it ends up going. Well, I, th- I think if you, if you were to ask Blazer fan what they liked about tonight, CJ Ellaby for sure be one of them. Yeah, um, which is I, both I, good and bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like it's it's not ideal. I think if you would ask people that in September, they would have said you're an idiot. What are you talking about? But I, I think it just goes to what you're saying when you go out there. And you're running around and you're helping on defense, but you're also sticking with your guy and you're actively attacking the glass to get rebounds. And then, you know, on the other end of the court, you're not really demanding much. You're standing in a corner, but you're kind of still moving. You do those kinds of things, man. And it's not it's not a coincidence that a lot of people notice it doesn't matter what the stat sheet says. People are watching this game with their eyes. They can see that CJ Ellaby is putting forth a better effort. Than some other guys on this team in a night to, uh, night in night out basis. So 
particularly see, with the same first name. Well, yeah, but like to see fans kind of give him a little love, Ellaby, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's a championship piece. It's just this is this. He's season, a back end of the rotation guy. Like I'm not even sure he's a full time NBA guy yet. But like, but this season means a lot to players like CJ Ellaby. Yes, you know, it, we talk about tanking and losing and assets and trades. CJ Ellaby's out here like. I, this is my livelihood. I gotta, I gotta put up a, a performance. They had formed out to get a get another contract. Yes, yes. So, like th- those are the kind of things that, outside of Ant and Nods, like you're just kind of looking forward to. I'm not saying that Trent and Watford and, and CJ Ellaby are going to be rotation level players, but like, are they viable NBA players that you have control over contractually mm-hmm. for a couple years? Like, so when somebody goes down with an injury. Inevitably, it happens. Yep. You have a guy that you can throw out there and not go, shit. Like, that. that is the difference, typically, two or three games between seeds. Yeah. And if you've got that in a season, that's a good thing to have to fall back on. Um, I, I don't know why I even talked about playoff there, but just in general, that's kind of like the, the, the theory behind it. Okay, so they go 0-2 at home. Quick little back-to-back homestand. They get one day off, and then they go back out on the roads in North Break. It is a weird trip. They're going to Texas, but playing only one team in Texas. Yeah, and then go Chicago. So Houston, Chicago, OKC, LA. Mm-hmm. They should probably go 2-2 two and two on this trip. I, I mean, I, I don't think we should be placing what they should or should not be doing, right? We thought they might go one and five, I, two I, and four. They I'm went four and them, two. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Do they deserve that? I mean, sure, I know the they... Rockets and the Thunder. The Rockets and Thunder. Yeah. If you told me they lost to the Rockets, I wouldn't be shocked. It's There's, there's no Dame. Like, you got to remember, Houston's one of those cities, man. It is one of those cities. You can take an Uber to the wrong place and be out way too late and then be like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a basketball game tomorrow and then feel like absolute dog crap. Like, why can't I have my Michael Jordan flu game? Uh, They probably will have a nice road trip. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I I'm probably split on either agreeing with you or not agreeing with you. So I'm just I don't really put expectation on wins and losses for this team anymore. I hope they lose just in the sense of collecting ping pong balls. But if they go four and two or whatever it would, it may be, I'm I'm not going to be surprised. Okay. So technically not that I'm counting or anything like that. I have three weeks until my surgery. The surgery is the 16th, right? Uh Uh-huh. Trade deadline is six days before that, which means starting tomorrow, we are officially two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline. Oh boy. Everybody keeps talking about trades, talking about trades, talking about trades. So we'll address it here real quick, and I think this will be kind of a nightly situation. Uh, To reiterate for anybody that wasn't here for the pregame show or the postgame show last night, um, I was talking about C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell both being available. Uh, From what I have heard, C.J. McCollum is actively being shopped. Norman Powell is willing and open to being dealt uh, I say that kindly. Covington and Nurkic are both heavily being shopped. Uh, and as far as I can tell, the Blazers are not actively tanking, nor are they actively pursuing a play-in spot, which mm-hmm. is, uh, to me, a cowardly way of saying we're not going to commit to anything. But what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, 
what can you do? You could, you could actually voice your frustration. You could stop watching and supporting the team. I wouldn't advise that, but that's basically all boils down to for fans. Like how much are you willing to tolerate? And if the organization's going to sit here and shrug their shoulders and say, we prefer the play in than the, the losing. Okay. First of all, have fun staying in the plan. Cause I'm not <laughs> sure you will Two, um, that's just malpractice. And you're telling me what's really important to you versus what's most important for the franchise. Yeah. So I, I am not going to tell anybody how to fan, but I will say that do not come to me or the show or the mailbag with mm -hmm. questions of why aren't they good enough? If you're somebody who isn't willing to give value to get value, that is how it actually works. I, I, I threw up a trade for Robert Covington today that was basically Seti Osman and Ed Davis for Cove. And the reason I did that is because somebody I know who is very in tune with um, the Cavs said that that would probably be the offer. There would probably be some second-round picks in there. But as I've gone around the league, that's kind of what the offer is. I, As it sits right now, I do not believe Cove is going to fetch a first-round pick. Now, okay. they, they might get a first-round pick that is heavily protected. Top 24 protected. For five years. Yeah. Which will then turn into two seconds. Yes. That's closer to what it ends up being. So. Yeah, uh, but, but in Portland, with every player that comes through here, you know, a lot of the fans, not all, uh, but a decent percentage of these fans end up falling in love with most of these players. I mean, there's there's no other way around. Who was the last that. drafted player that that the Blazers hated? The Blazers fan base hated. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say hated personally. I wouldn't say, but Myers or Zach. You know what's funny is that there's still fans of both guys. Well, I mean, I don't mean hated. Well, some people might still hate Myers, but like, well, yeah, I'm talking about just basketball stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and some of that, like, I don't think anybody begrudged Zach. He just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. He, his body wouldn't hold up. But I think people strongly dislike that pick when you compare it to the other picks in that draft, almost all of them that had value being picked behind where you traded to get. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. But, I mean, other than Who, that... Where like, are you going to go just, with? They, that's just kind of the way that I think Blazers fans go. Just you, you like your guys. Well, who would you say that they last didn't like? Probably Zach, but yeah. Again, I, for and that was more injuries. It wasn't. Yeah, it was even, even Myers like injuries. Even then, I'm like, I'm trying to think. Like the the fan base has pretty much loved everybody. That's that's the I, thing. I mean, they support almost everybody. Yes. Raymond uh, Felton is the only player, like in team history, that's never been like actually supported, who didn't commit a crime. And then obviously the Ruben Pattersons of the world, for various very very obvious reasons. Well, they they don't forget, you know, Ruben Patterson probably hated. Bonzi Wells was booed at home. Mm -hmm. Like this fan base is very accepting, very uh, loyal. If you don that jersey, but they also recognize character issues mm. you know they recognize injury problems they these are things that these fans i think far more than a lot of other fans in the league they notice and they hold on to and it kind of goes into just how they're feeling about every player every year and some years it's zach collins some years it's myers leonard 
maybe it's CJ now. I don't know where it is for the fans. Most of them love yeah. all of these players, but from time to time, things happen, and it's kind of like, damn, this guy has to go. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we're at with a couple guys right now. Um, somebody asked who I think gets traded first, and it was obviously the, the four guys we keep hearing between Covington, Nurk, um, CJ, and, and Norm. Uh, who do you think in that group is the the first one to go? Oh, it, it's it's reeking like Cov. Um, now, we had two or three straight days where you've had people leaking what teams are interested in, right? It was Utah just a standalone. Utah's interested in Robert Covington. Then today, it was Cleveland. It was L.A. Um, uh, blank in the third. But, like, you had three or four teams that were interested, publicly, at least publicly, publicly from yeah. a reporting standpoint. I think it's Cov. I want to say that that's true, but at the same time, I part of me is feeling a little spicy. And to maybe, I, I don't want to use the M word. Mutiny. Mm. I wonder if it's CJ first. The problem is, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I've heard from more than a few people that guys aren't happy. Well, I mean, we don't even need to hear from anybody. We can watch can, these games. Watch and the game like... and see it. And I mean, I, I talked about it in the beginning of the season when I said the vibes. Like, I, I danced around it for the first two months of the season. But yes. yeah, it's it's pretty evident. And I almost wonder if I don't think they'll do that. And the I think there's a a very personal reason behind it, and that's the birth of his kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're just going to do that unless it got sideways. And I don't think CJ, CJ's that guy. I think no. he can basically hold his shit together for mm-hmm. two weeks. But it's, uh, it's a weird place. And here's the thing. When it comes to dealing CJ, the one team that I know that has shown legitimate real interest and I know just about what the package is, is New Orleans. I have not heard any other team as far as like what offer would be out there. Mm-hmm. There are teams, but I think the price would have to be lower than what is possibly on offer to make that happen. So we'll see. Um, you could get a dark horse and it'd be Norm just to kind of clear the deck a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I will say that it is very convenient that CJ McCollum to New Orleans for uh, Hart, Hayes, Sadoransky, and two first-round picks just so happens to clear $3.5 million off mm-hmm. the books. Oh, hello. Just What's... so just so happens. Now you're speaking Jody Allen's language. That's her love language, man. You better be careful. I'm just saying it just so happens that that exact trade would get them under the luxury tax line. Mm. Just just throwing that little bit out there. Mm. So, um, and for those wondering, yes, uh, somebody kind of, I think Nibble was highlighting it, this, uh, the Norman Powell minutes restrictions uh, less than 24 hours ago was suddenly pulled away. And if Nas goes in the next game, his minute restrictions is back. And is he back on the bench? Uh, well, yeah. Or does he fly home? Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. I'm just, <laughs> it's, 
again, it's tough. It's I, tough. It's, it's the meme, man. It's like, it's, hey, it, <laughs> listen, this. I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to go handle this shit. I'm just saying, yeah, it's yeah. It doesn't look great. Um, but you know what does look great, Brandon? A live watch party. Yes, it does. So if you want to become, if you want to enjoy the live watch parties, become a member of the Jack Ramsey's community. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Find us wherever you get podcasts. If you're watching here live, thank you all. We appreciate you very, very, very much. Uh, please click the subscribe button. Get us up to 2,500 subs this season. Our goal is to get at least 3,000 by the end of the year, which really we should hit. Like at, at the rate of growth we have had this season, we should hit 3,000 by the end of the season. I kind of wanted it to be 4,000 for a goal just to kind of have something oh. to really shoot for, you know? Okay. But, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, well, all, of the, all the support and uh, the subscriptions, the community, the thoughts, the tweets, like, for real, all of that is it's mind-blowing because the season sucks. There's no other way around it. and it's so much more enjoyable this way. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for the support we've had, and hopefully we can hit that goal. Uh, we will have the live show tomorrow. Uh, it'll be our, our weekly catch-up. So what time do you want to go tomorrow, Brandon? Five? Uh, I have I have to go at five. I got basketball. Oh, Coach, Coach Sprague, Sprague is, is putting – do you have your own whistle? No. No. Can We covered this. Can you whistle? I told you I'm not a coach. I'm like an assistant. Like I'm like, hey – Brandon, can you give us some balls? Sure. Brandon Brooks over here. <laughs> One of the greatest high school players in Portland history. There you go. Uh, but we will go tomorrow at 5. So if you want to come hang out, we usually run 45 to an hour in those. Who am I kidding? We usually run longer than that. But we have to get Brandon out on a hard out because he's got to take the kiddies to basketball practice. So appreciate you. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. Take care. Talk soon. Uh, you can find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague. Email us. JackRamsey's at gmail.com. Until then, take care. Have a wonderful night. Talk to you. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.